This is Paul Robinson. You're listening to Starseed, an intrepid adventure with Mark Glenn Moore. Hi. In this episode, we're going to talk to Ella LeBain. Ella was introduced to us by Dan Harari, who we interviewed a few weeks ago. Ella is a renowned biblical scholar, an ET experiencer, and a longtime UFO researcher. She's a member of both MUFON Colorado and MUFON National, and she's the author of this six-book series nonfiction entitled Who's Who in the Cosmic Zoo? A Guide to ETs, Aliens, Exoplanets, and Space Controversies. She reveals in great details the origins of the history behind and of upcoming disclosure of alien life and its historic effects on mankind's culture and world religions. Enjoy. This is episode two with Ella LeBane. She talks about alien presence on Earth, what was allowed in the Bible about them, angelic hierarchy, and much more. Jewish mysticism and, uh, and Christian mysticism are, is just straight out of that. So, mm-hmm. yes, uh, it's connected. Fascinating. So, you're actually tying it together kind of historically. How does this so? Yes. So these players do tie in with the our visitors from beyond too, or or some of these equate to to uh, the extraterrestrials. Yes. So so here's what I have found out. So in my first book, which I'm republishing, which should be ready uh, soon this summer, mm-hmm. uh, book one, who's who in the cosmic zoo. So it is basically it started out as an A to Z compendium on who are the ETs and aliens. And long, just just to long story short, what I had established in the first edition was that a lot of people like to call them visitors, like they're coming from out of space to come here and visit us. But what it really is, based on thousands of testimonials and witnesses and contactees, is the alien presence. I call it the alien presence because they're with us. They've been with us. We have never been alone on this planet. They have always been with us and they just live in another dimension. We live on the surface. So I always like to delineate words and say we're, I call us earth humans or surface humans because there's beings that live inside earth. And and this is another thing I'm tying together in the end, the last book of the series is the different dimensions. So even Michio Kaku, one of our most famous physicists that is alive today, discerned that there are 11 dimensions. So I saw in the Book of Enoch, you know, the rejected Jewish text that didn't get into the Church of Rome canon, but yet the Ethiopian Bible always kept it because they didn't submit to Rome. Paul and I were just talking about that prior to this interview about the Book of Enoch and why it didn't get included, why it was left out. Yes, and that, and that's a, a great point, Be, several reasons. One, because of the accuracy of it, maybe, of, the, of who the Messiah is. Two, because it's giving so much information about who the ETs are. It even names them. There's 200, talks about 200 fallen sons of heaven that came and landed on Mount Hermon. Okay, and that's what started all this trouble. Okay, with the Nephilim, and then it caused a flood, and then then the Lord, you know, basically scratched the earth and started all over again. Okay, so us 
Earth humans, I mean, if we live to our full potential, we live to 120. But before the floods, people were living to be 950, 930. I mean, Methuselah was like 960. So what happened there? So there was a, a genetic manipulation that went on, and it had to do with, with the stories. And these stories, you know, they say history repeats itself. And a lot of reasons for that is because people fail to learn its lessons. But the other reason, to be fair, is that they have kept the the history from us mm -hmm. so that we have become like a people, a species with amnesia, where we forget who we were, who, where we came from and what happened in the past so that we repeat the same mistakes because there is a force on this planet that is not on our side. Okay, right. always has been. And if you look at the history and the battles that went on over us, over Adam and Eve, over what happened uh, after the, the it was a, I, I discerned that there were two floods. And it's actually written in the Bible. A lot of Christians don't see this. They just focus on Noah's flood. But the Genesis 1-1 starts off with the first flood. So we call it the flood of Lucifer, Lucifer's flood, which actually was the sinking of the civilization of Atlantis. Oh. So that was the first one. And then they started all over again with the what I call the Evademic race. And Sitchin also uh, called it that. That's why I've adopted it, because I used to, uh, I interviewed him and then I became one of his students and I learned so much from him. So he's uh, a, a big inspiration to me. So, um, the Evademic race is basically the people that came out of Adam and Eve. But they they had a, a, this whole drama that went on between, uh, which is just a brief synopsis in the book of Genesis. But in the Jewish, um, rejected Jewish texts, and there's about 75 of them that the Church of Rome wouldn't let in the Bible, has this whole backstory. Wow. And if only... And it's called the first and second books of Adam and Eve. And if only that was part of our Bible today, it, it would be the religions would be different. People would be different. Our interactions would be different because our understanding of who we are, why we're here and what's happening in this spiritual warfare over us. Mm -hmm. It would it would give people understanding and clarity and inspiration right. to even be better. But they kept it away. So here's what I found out. So basically, there was a lot more to it than just the apple. But of course, they wanted to blame women because women, you know, gave birth to the Nephilim and women gave birth to the Messiah. So Satan hates us. OK, so so they, they twisted it all like, oh, it's the woman's fault. But actually, what happened was, OK, so this being and nobody really knows his original name because it's not written anywhere. OK, but. The being that we today call Lucifer, Satan. Okay, so I, I, when I uh, write it in my book, I actually go Lucifer slash Satan, just so that people know it's that guy, right. not the other guy. Okay, because the the Church of Rome actually invokes Lucifer in their mass. Wow. Yeah, you can go listen to it on YouTube in Latin. Okay, oh. so when you see the translation, you see Oh Lucifer, Oh Lucifer, and they actually believe this is true that that Lucifer is Christ. Huh. And this is all due to a mistranslation of, of Isaiah 
chapter 14. Wow. And it's the only passage in the entire Old Testament that the Lord, Yahuwah, is speaking down to this being who has started a rebellion against him and everybody else because it's called the five I wills. He, he wants to, he uses his, I will be oh this, I will be that, I will take over the world, I will be the most high. And he, so, so the Lord says, says to him, it calls him Halo, okay, which is the only time that name is ever mentioned in the entire Bible. And what that name actually means in Hebrew is he who boasts in a foolish rage. Okay, so and that's exactly what he was doing. So nobody really knows his real name. So everybody calls him Satan. But Satan is just a Hebrew word for adversary or rebel. Okay. And and so I never, this is what I do. I do it purposely because of linguistics. I never capitalize it in my book. Right. And I always pluralize it because there's a whole group of them. Okay. Right. And that's what I, so I have this clash. It's all based on the clash between two kingdoms on earth. Hmm. And so Satan's, I call it a hierarchy, which is basically the reptilian, draconian, empire that is established inside the earth and has been here for millennia and that's who has been fighting to hold on to this planet and that's who has been against us because the lord put us here and he was very jealous they were very jealous that he gave humans all that he gave us and that's the reason why we've been downgraded so one thing that i say in my first book that is a little I was against what most people were saying back in 2012 and, you know, the early 2000s, which was a misnomer of uh, the Sitchin material that, uh, oh, the rep, they were reptilian, the Anunnaki were reptilian and they created humankind. No. Okay. And I prove he's, you're shaking your head. You agree. You know that. I absolutely agree. Yeah, and and so I prove this through history, linguistics, and everything I can get my hands on to prove this point, that what happened during what they call the fall of man, okay, in the book of Genesis, was actually a genetic downgrading manipulation to human DNA. So this is pivotal and important because it, it has to do with our hope. And uh, New Agers may call it ascension. What it is in the Bible is what Jesus, Yeshua, promises is to restore all things and restore all of creation and restore us back into our glory bodies. Right. Okay. And Adam and Eve had that. And they were down. It was when the Anunnaki came, they made an agreement, a contract. It's like legal agreements with the God of this world, who I'm calling Lucifer Satan, because we don't know his real name, but let's just for identity purposes call him that, mm-hmm. made an agreement to uh, to genet- have a genetic experiment. So they basically took what was, because it says we are, this is where Sitchin came in. I'm sorry I'm bouncing around, but I just want to insert this, because this is important, is the word Elohim. So in 
in the book of Genesis, uh, the 3.16, where it says, let us, it's all plural, the whole thing is in plurality. Now let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Hmm. And so we made them male and female. We created them male and female. And they were equal in God's eyes. And who is that God? The word in, in, in Hebrew uses the word Elohim. Hmm. So Sitchin, and I agree with him, said this isn't one god this is a group of gods because hebrew is a very specific language hebrew is a language of physics okay it it tell it's mathematical it's and, and there's 22 letters they're cosmic letters and they they represent the constellations right okay right. it's it's a it's an extraterrestrial language Hi, this is Sandy with Olanapua here in Maui, Hawaii. I own an Ocean View penthouse studio condo here at the beautiful Kanapali Shores Resort in West Maui. This oceanfront property has two pools, a restaurant, a full bar, a day spa, and on-site activity planners who will book your day trips all over the island. To check room rates and availability for your Hawaiian getaway at Aston Kanapali Shores, Unit 936, go to www.vrbo/1242558. And it's very specific to singular, plural, masculine, or feminine. Right. Just like most of the other. I like uh, French. Yes, French, Spanish, Italian, you know, it's all gender related. So this is Elohim is, is plural. No, no question about it. Christians can say, oh, well, it's just like the word sheep. You know, you can use it as a singular or you can use it as a group. This is, this is no accident. Huh. This is this is and the fact that 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 whole verse, the whole entire verse is in plurality, not just the one word, shows that this is a group. So the group came and repopulated the earth with us, which I call the Evademic race, because because that was after Adam and Eve. Right. And then all the, these battles happened, which are um, documented in these rejected texts which I include in my uh, book series to highlight, to show people, well, this is what the church didn't want you to know. Wow. Okay. And, right. and, and, and this is kind of an, an ongoing situation because it's, it's basically a battle between who I call Lucifer, Satan, uh, God, the angels of God who are assigned to all of us. Like, you know, we all have angels with us and us okay and and how we go back and forth and then you know it's just like a whole drama that goes on and you know maybe you get a little respite you know oh things are calm for a while and then it's like mm, let's start it up again right. and this is a, a pattern that's been going on since the book of genesis so how does that relate to us now well we're in what we call the end times so let me tell you what that means exactly. It's kind of an astrological term um, because 
um, when Yeshua said he was coming back, he said he was coming back at the end of this age. And he was born at the beginning of the processional age of Pisces. Okay, so processional ages last 2,160 years. So we're almost at the end of that age. And I know everybody knows about the song, The Age of Aquarius, you know, by the fifth dimension that we all grew up with. That was so fun. But it's the dawning. And the dawning, in terms of processional ages, can take 50 to 100 years. So it's all relative. So like, you know, when the sun rises in the morning, like an hour before sunrise, you start to see the light, right? Yeah. You start to see the colors change and you start to see, the, you know, the stars start to disappear because the sun is getting ready to rise. But it can take a whole hour for the sun to actually come up over the horizon, right? So it's relative to the processional age where it can take 50 to 100 years for that age to shift into the next group of stars that our sun is going to shine through or the earth is going to go through. Well, and, and this I may, may add, this era, this um, era change, in essence, is a graduation moment. Yes. Where we're moving into a higher vibrational frequency, yes. whether the entire universe is, um, I mean, not maybe not just our solar system, but maybe our universe is moving into a higher frequency. I'm uh, getting chills as you're saying that. Uh, right? In space. Yeah. And so what that means is we are all being kind of pushed to raise our consciousness. Yes. And entities that are living on this planet, this will make them more uncomfortable as the vibration increases as we move into this graduation. But I, I see it as it's a human experiment that must succeed. Yes. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Mark. Um, it's uh, it's something else. It's a major shift, but it's so big. It's not just like the ships we had in the past or what happened 2,000 years ago, because it is like like a bigger cycle within another bigger cycle. So yes. uh -huh. there's like like the clocks and how they all sort of line up. But like you say, an hour in a day could be fifty hundred years. Yes. You know, it's it's that, and uh, so I wanted to ask also, Ella. Um, sure. So your research, I guess, in realms of the writings that were left out of the Bible, the mm -hmm. Hebrew writings, um, that dealt with reincarnation, and how that was also left out. What what's your um, what's your feeling and background with with reincarnation, reincarnation, and how it affects you personally? Well, that's a great question. Um, so in book two, I have a whole chapter about it, which is titled uh, What Happens When You Die. So you have that book. You can see, you know, that was my first piece. And then in book four, Covenants, I have another follow-up chapter about the history of why it was attempted to be deleted out of the Bible. Now, to err is human, right? And we all know there's plenty of that around, human error. So I found the story of how, like the details, which absolutely blew my mind, that it was a woman 
who's uh, was at the Empress Theodora, and it was all due to narcissism, okay? And she did not want, she started out as a peasant. She became a prostitute. She got over the walls into Rome and ended up uh, with the emperor, uh, Justin, and became the empress of Rome, okay? So she kind of worked her way up the ladder there, right? And meanwhile, they're overseeing the editing of the Bible canon, and they're arguing over pieces, like what should go in, what should go out. And one of the arguments that seemed to uh, override everything in that era was how much of Jesus was the son of man versus how much he was the son of God. So one of the monks, and only the monks back then, were literate. They were the ones who knew how to read and write. So they were the ones put on this the, the, the seven ecumenical councils of Nicaea, and they basically edited the Bible. So she, um, okay, so anyway, she, they, uh, they, they ousted him from the council because they didn't agree with him because he felt, you know, that he was more God than he was man. Or I don't know. They, they were just splitting hairs over the fact that he was a hybrid. Okay, he was half man, half God. He was a demigod. Okay, just like we've had Hercules, there's been a lot of them. And so they threw him off the, the council. Anyway, she remembered him. Okay, and he was the one who helped her over the and she over the um, the gates of the city to get in when she was a prostitute. Now she's an empress. So she goes back outside the gates of the city and she pulls him in. And she has him and she orders him to sit on the council and delete all the scriptures that have to do with reincarnation because she wanted to be remembered as an as a goddess as an uh, of Rome. And she wanted to be part of the pantheon of gods and goddesses. And she didn't want people to believe in reincarnation because she didn't want people to think that when she died, she was going to come back as a peasant. So this is pure narcissistic uh, motivations, okay? And so to the, the this man who got back on the seat there and talk, I mean he it, it, it's only the the Bible canon is only as good as these men who edited it. So this became a part of the replacement theology, which was the doctrine official church doctrine of anti-Semitism that, that, that began with Constantine's Creed and was followed up by the Nicene Creed, which basically said, you know, have nothing to do with, you know, a, a Jewish feasts or Sabbath or, uh, un, you know, you have to eat unclean meat. Otherwise, you're all, you're all Judaizers and you're anathema to Rome. And don't believe in reincarnation because it's the, you know, and this was became and everything about Rome was church and state. There was no separation. That's why we created that here, because their policies, their political policies were all about their beliefs. And the official religion of Rome was Babylonian. Okay, so when Constantine came in, he worshipped Mithras, who was, you know, the Babylonian god, and he died worshipping Mithras. And I proved that what he saw with the cross was actually a spaceship and it had nothing to do with Jesus. And so 
why is this important? Because they're they're mentioned, Rome, the Vatican specifically, is mentioned in the end time prophecy. To answer your question, Mark, yes, I absolutely believe in reincarnation. I always have. It's it's integral core belief of Judaism. This is the reason why Jews, even if whether or not uh, religious or whatever, it's just traditional that when a baby is born into a Jewish family, they automatically name that child uh, after the first. It has to be the first letter of whoever died in that family. So if the father died and his name was Samuel and there's a little girl who was born, then she's going to get an S name. And they did that. And that's tradition because they believed in the reincarnation of souls and that souls would reincarnate through their ancestry. And this is ancient Jewish belief that they tried to delete out of the Bible canon. But like I was saying, Ta'er is human. And so the monks did not do a good job of it. So I went in and pulled all the scriptures they left behind. <laughs> so there's about two dozen scriptures that relate to reincarnation that are that were left in the Bible that they missed. Okay, and I published them in my uh, book. So I have an I have my uh, I was uh, asked to do this. So I'm doing this after I finish this um, republic uh, republishing book one is called uh it's going to be a very uh, small book uh but it's called reincarnation in the bible so that should be done by the end of the summer hopefully in the fall uh but i basically am taking all the i have three chapters from the book series book one about what the reptilians do uh in the afterlife and how uh they're part they're part of the abuse of reincarnation Okay, and that was another reason why, because the Church of Rome, they wanted everyone to believe you have one life and you better get it right. And if you don't, you're going to hell. And that was basically their message. Now, I'm not denying that there isn't hell. In fact, there is definitely several levels of hell and people are born into hell. They reincarnate into hell on Earth. Okay, I mean, to be born, I mean, I give examples in my book, but, you know, to be born, you know, I don't want to offend anybody out there, but <laughs> to be born in certain countries where, you know, you're, you're, you're born to be uh, abused and, and raped as a child or right. because you're a girl or because you're born in North Korea or you're born in Africa. I mean, these all these horrible things that kids are born into, even here in America. And people are born into hellish conditions. That's not to say that there isn't hell inside the earth. There is too. Because the, there's a whole drama in the book of Luke when um, one of um, Lazarus, when he, he was this uh, poor beggar and he hung out outside of this rich man's uh, home and he basically fed off of his crumbs and he wasn't very kind to him. So in the afterlife, the whole story is in Luke. Uh, in the afterlife, he ends up in what they call Abraham's bosom, which is another word for paradise. And it's inside the earth. Okay. Everything is inside the earth. There's 11 dimensions 
of the earth okay and we're living in one of the third dimension so do they do they equate at all to the uh, different sephira of the tree of life and kabbalah i i believe so that uh that the the 11 this is what michio kaku said there's 11 dimensions right. and i think and this was in the book as we started to talk about the book of enoch talks about the 10 heavens right. and the kabbalah has the 10 sephirot right. so i think that it's all connected Huh. It's just all part of the same structure, and the and then we're we're one of obviously here on the surface. We're on one, right? We're on one. Right. So the 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 book of Luke talks about how uh, so this guy Lazarus, who was a beggar, he ends up in heaven inside the earth the paradise and it's separated by a chasm and he can see the the master of the house the rich guy who's in hell okay and and he can they can see each other through this chasm so you think well what could that be it's probably some sort of dimensional doorway or portal of some kind but the fact that this was put into the bible tells us that there are these two separate dimensions inside the earth one person can go one way the other person can go the other way and so the rich guy ends up in hell and he's trying to get a message up to the surface guys don't you don't want to be here don't come here and he couldn't you know he you know once you know you're there so then we have another interesting situation which is and this is something nobody ever talks about every year when we celebrate easter which comes from a goddess named Ishtar. I like to call it Resurrection Day, just to separate the two <laughs> religions, you know? Yeah. So when, uh, and that is the quintessential faith of every Christian, is the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. If, if he was just another man and died and was crucified like hundreds of others, no one would be talking about him. But the fact that he was resurrected and lives is, is the big news, okay? So, um, what it says is that he not only was resurrected, but when he went into the belly of the earth to Sheol, and there's three different words in the Hebrew Bible that represents three different levels of hell. So there's uh, Sheol, Gehenna, and Hades. And he went into Sheol, which is considered the grave or the world of the dead. And he went into Sheol and preached to the spirits that had died. And when he rose from the dead, they did too. Mm. And it says it in in the Gospels. And, you know, they make movies after movies about the resurrection of Christ and the crucifixion and all these. Have, and nobody ever does a movie about all these people coming out of their graves wow. and walking around after he after he does. It's just about him. But that's what it says. So, but of course they died again, but he spoke a lot about it and they ignore it. So he talked, there was a whole conversation with uh, Nicodemus, how you have to be born again. And he's and the Pharisee. And he says, what do you mean? I got to go back into my mother's womb and be born again. And he's like, yeah, you have to be born again. Okay. And, and so they took that and, and because they were implanted not to believe in reincarnation, it, they're they're so blocked there, so they think, oh, it's just about like being spiritually born again, okay, mm -hmm. but not physically. But yet, look at how many people. This is God's grace. This has nothing to do with a religion. You can't do it. 
It's something that God does. Okay, and you and your angels and the whole spiritual family have a a meeting after you, after after death and and people say so and and this is like what's in the ancient Vedics was just how to work themselves out of reality, get out of this cycle, okay, stop being a rat in the wheel. And he says this. Jesus himself says this in the Book of Revelation where he says that you will go out and you will come in and you will find you will find pasture meaning uh life on earth and then you'll come back into heaven and you'll go out again and then it will come to a time where you will go out no more you won't need to go out so there so it's it's specified he specifies that there's going to be an end to the cycle of reincarnation that we won't need to do it anymore Okay, and I think that's you know the a blessed hope, and people think, oh, you know, like the Christians think that you you don't reincarnate. Why would you? Now, whenever I talk to Christians, they think, oh, I don't know, come back and do this all over again. Not necessarily. Okay, if you get it right, if you get your relationship right with the Lord, you know, that's between Him and you. Plus the fact that there are so many people that are sent back to earth, not because they're bad people, not because they've done anything wrong or they need to be punished, but because God needs them here as, as messengers and avatars to, to, to help uh, be way showers into, uh, and bridge into the next age. Thanks for listening. For more of An Intrepid Adventure, go to markglenmore.com. This has been a Paul Robinson production. See you soon.